Growing up with a cane pole in his hand Pocket full of trim sitting down by the street The leads and two, the corpus play Give him a shotgun to please his mind Give them quail a few reasons to fly Living in the city just ain't for me I want to go back to the country Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going. All right, let's get after this thing. Good morning, it's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home. Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Catch us on all your iTunes, Spotify, and uh, SoundCloud as well, 24-7, all week long. You can listen to them. I listen to them sometimes. I I get reports from people that are listening to them. I want to give a shout-out to uh, West Virginia, shout-out to Georgia today, all those folks out there that listen from uh, long distance. Howdy, howdy. Yep. To all you folks out and there. And the KOZ leaders nationwide. KOZ Nation and uh, Canada. And dog. hey, shout yeah. out to all the guys in the field that are oh, yeah. shooting boom, dove boom. hunting right now. Yep. First limit of dove by Doug Du Bois, 7 15 a.m. <laughs> Where the heck is he on? I don't. Holy cow. Okay, Doug, give it up, buddy. Uh, anyway, amazing. Uh, I'm TJ Granny. That's Cody Ryan. Beefsteak is in oh, the house. Yeah. Road Rash is the guy who gets here early and gets everything going. And Alan McGraw is in the house with the, he's staring out the window going, why am I in here? Well, I'm watching the dove fly, and they were flying really fast as they just went by the window. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Missing well, missing half a tail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so shout out, shout out to all those folks out there too that are getting ready for church today. Those uh, those guys and gals that are setting up, getting the cones out, making coffee. The guys that are honorably passing first day of dove season to Happy hunting New get Year. their church stuff organized and done. And uh, so, thank you. Oh, the cool. Folks. You know, you can drink coffee. You can uh, talk to the take some kids out. And it's actually a, a cool sport for them to sit around and talk about a little bit. You don't have to be, you know, unless you do. You like it quiet, don't you? During I know. Like, he he wears a white T-shirt and walks around <laughs> talking to everybody. Hey, hey, how you doing? You got any birds over here? How's your mom and them? In the house with us is Alan, the Honorable Alan McGraw, and we were talking about his uh, number 75 sheep hunt uh archery sheep hunt 75 certificates worldwide um, less than 75 people have done it 74 no 75 70, with him. yeah some people no. have done it twice some people have, yeah one guy did it four times so there's very few that have actually conquered mm. the the ram slam 
with a bow. So, in the uh, something else you did, it was this year that, um, so if you listen, if you ever listen to the show, you know I'm kind of ate up with this whole mountain climbing, hiking, backpacking thing. And, um, and of course, the, the pinnacle of any mountain climber's uh, fantasy world is the Mount Everest. Yeah. And not that I have any thoughts of doing Mount Everest, um, but I read about it. I talk about it. I'm in the middle of a book called Blind Descent by Brian Dixon, uh, Dickinson, who we're going to have on the show here. Um, who climbed Mount Everest. And um, But, Alan, your daughter had a bucket list item when she graduated college? Uh, with her master's. With her master's. Yeah. And she had on her list was to go to base camp, Mount Everest base camp. Correct. And, you know, I guess you people could hear that, but unless you understand what it takes to get – to base camp in Mount Everest, and you were telling me stories along the way, and of course I've re- read so many stories about it. And it is, it is a. How long did it take you guys? A week, two weeks? It's it's an eleven day trip. Uh, it takes eight days to get there and three days to get back. Because <laughs> everybody's like, "I'm yeah. getting back, please well, get me back." Is it at well, nine thousand feet, or is it higher than that? Do you know? Oh. It's almost eighteen thousand. Oh, you start my. you start at nine thousand. <laughs> okay, so you fly, all right. It's it, just it a warm up. Yeah, it all starts by flying into the most dangerous airport in the world. Seriously, in Lukla. See, uh, Beefsteak thought he had been there. He yeah, drove, yeah, I guess he I, drove, yeah. I drove up there. He drove up there and saw a sign <laughs> said Mount Everest. He's like, oh, it must be base camp. Yeah, but it start it starts it it, it Lukla at around nine thousand feet. And then it takes eight days to get up. Now, I say it takes eight days. This was the, the – we did a private tour, so it was just me and my wife and Paige. And um, we did that so we, we would we would be able to actually spend the night in base camp with an expedition when we got there. Mm-hmm. And so their, their, their plan is for you to take eight days to get up. And part of that is along the way, you st- a, a few of the villages you stop along the way, you don't actually progress that day. You, you go out and you do a long hike, and then you come back and you stay in the same village, and that's all about acclimatizing to the altitude. Mm. And that's the biggest danger that everybody's worried about while you're doing it is that you don't prop- properly acclimatize and you get altitude sickness. So there, you need oxygen? No. You need, you don't, no well, no, when you're no. on Everest, yeah. when you get up there, they that is an oxygen, oxygen but area. But at base camp, 18,000 feet. I mean, you got to have oxygen in a plane when you're higher than that. Well, and, and I mean, again, that's why that. it takes so long to get up. Yeah, is your 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 get your body is getting used to that as you go. I will tell you when you get there, it's it's difficult to have a conversation because you are you're fifty percent of the oxygen you would normally have. Um, yeah, no, it's exactly what you <laughs> makes me well, great eight, just eight, thinking about. Eight it. days is really fast, though. To get up there, it didn't seem like it at the time. <laughs> no, I, but I mean, you. There are people who you hit eight thousand feet in Colorado and they start feeling it. Um, but to fly in and to just try and get your body to to get used to the altitude and eighteen thousand feet is that's taller than any mountain in the U.S. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 group that we and that's went the with, base. Yeah, yeah, and the group that we went with does a really good job 
along the way. Every night we do, they, they, they put the little thing on your finger and they're checking blood oxygen and pulse. They're giving you the Lake Louise, what's called the Lake Louise uh, altitude test to see if you've got the symptoms of, of um, high altitude sickness. For example, one of the questions is, are you tired? <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. I wouldn't get Man, to we even got up start. at six this morning. We've been walking all day. How am I supposed to answer that question? <laughs> of course, I'm tired. Are you sleeping well? Well, yeah, pretty good. You know. So it's so you For go side of a mountain. as you go up. Well, as you go up this the the um you start off in this pretty populated area, and as you go up to base camp and and further up, you're stopping in these little towns villages villages yeah. Yeah. and the accommodations as you get further up get less and less because you know i mean they're just not dragging up there and so you start off where you maybe have a bathroom and a shower and but no, as you no, get no no don't 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 make no it shower. more than it is it's the same sleeping bag and, and, and breakfast or? <laughs> yeah it's it's uh the, the these tea houses is what we're staying in along the way and uh, and they're you know as with anything some of them some of them are nicer than others a few of them have bathrooms in the room a few of them don't some of them you can you can get a bathroom in the room but the bathrooms are fairly questionable too but the to, to get a shower you'd you'd have to pay for shower to go down to some community shower and and then hmm. it's so cold you you know you take a hot shower a warm shower whatever it would be and then you're freezing to death. So we just elected that we were just going to go the whole way and not worry about it. You use we, baby, baby wipes? Baby wipes. We yeah. had lots of uh, baby wipes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we had lots of baby wipes. But the food the food uh, was another thing. is because they had told us as you go further and further up, you need to be careful about eating meat because all the, all the produce and meat and food and everything gets carried up by somebody. And you see these people. It's mm. just like it's just like thirty five. You see trucks and eighteen wheelers going up and down thirty five. Well, instead of them being trucks, there's people with this stuff on their backs, or there's a team of yaks or a team of donkeys, or something like that. But as you go further and further up, they say, "Look, this meat hadn't been in the refrigerator in four or five days." So yeah, it's up to you whether you want to eat it or not. So we just kind of went vegetarian the whole way and had a lot of rice and popcorn and and pizza. They we, have, we did have pizza. Yeah, they have yeah. that. That's what? so Brian pizza. Brian pizza. <laughs> Brian the uh, Dickinson, the guy that I'm reading his book right now. That that was one of his things. He was you know very careful about his eating and stuff. And you got you have to be careful too. You don't you don't want to get around somebody with a cold. There's so much of that stuff that you have to be careful of because you get sick up there and you know you just spent all this money to get there and you got to come off the mountain or you just don't get to go up or you have to extend your stay or whatever and right the, the biggest mm-hmm. almost that we had uh we were hiking along one day uh on, on the trail we were on was relatively flat but it was in a valley so it was right next to a you know another big hill and all of a sudden right out of the corner of my eye i see this rock about the size of a bowling ball lie down and it literally hit Paige, my daughter in her boot it nicked her boot as she was going had that i mean and so had that been another two or three inches it would have taken her ankle off Mm. and the guide stopped and he even like whoa that was close (laughs) and but it's just stuff like that yeah you can't prepare for it it's just things like that are going to happen so kind of reminds you that you are in the elements yeah you know yeah like you may be getting a little comfortable and doing the hike and then all of a sudden you're reminded real quick no 
<laughs> this is the wild <laughs> avalanche. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in, in base camp, that's what I was not prepared for was the avalanche. So there's av- there's avalanche <laughs> after avalanche after avalanche, and I've never heard avalanches before, but it literally sounds like thunder. Like you're in a thunderstorm and you hear this thunder going off. And so when we got to base camp, uh, they're going. And when there was one that you could hear was close, everybody would run outside their tent and look. Uh, <laughs> but then during the night, you're sleeping with them and you hear them all night long. And, and everyone that goes off, you're like, okay, is that the one? Is that, is that the one? Because 2015 was the big earthquake in Nepal, and a big portion of base camp got wiped out by an avalanche. And base camp is supposed to be the safe place to be. Um, the, right. There's a movie made after made a, on some of that stuff too. The, the, uh, a couple other things. One is, um, when you sign up to go up Everest, one of the documents you sign is that you're leave your body up there. If you die up there, did you guys have to do any documents like that or no. none of that stuff? No, not for I guess camp. they figure they can get you out of base. Yeah, camp. They, yeah. They, they actually, the, the they fly helicopters into base camp. A lot. Oh, of the, that's right. That's right. Some of the gear comes up, and then they also have tourists uh, that fly up, and you know, they fly up that's and look at base it. camp and fly back. I'm like that's kind of cheating, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not experiencing anything. Maybe not doing thinking that. cheating after eight days. Yeah. When right. you get there, you're like, well, that might have been a viable option. <laughs> I know. I know. When we were going up Gannett the last time. There are some guys that went by us on horses. We've been on the trail two days. <laughs> and these guys, went, and you know, they disappeared way ahead of us. And I was thinking, wow, I need to know who those guys are. McBride's Guns with the way society is pounding on our rights to own guns. It's imperative we support our local gun shops. The one we trust with our constitutional rights, McBride's Guns. Looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun? How about a gunsmith looking for your personal carry? Yeah, they got it all right there at McBride's. You'll find them in the same place it's been for years. Right there at the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can give them a call 512-472-3532 or online McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns, your hometown gun shop. Peter Report coming up next, plus more of Everest in the sheep hunt on opening day of dove season. You get it only one place. It is the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Catch us 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. It's T-Roy Bruce Orr listening to the Outdoor Zone. Call me redneck, white trash, and blue collar. I could change all that if I had all right, welcome back. Thank you, Road Rash, for getting that taken care of. Sun Auto. Everybody needs a good auto repair and maintenance company, somebody they can trust. We use Sun Automotive. Sun Auto Service is family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Automotive works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do, and they want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips and specials every week. Sun Auto Service has locations all around Central Texas, 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown, and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road 620. Sun autoservice.com for more sunautoservice.com for more now it's time for your peter report correct it is 
They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. See, this would make sense, Beefsteak, to do right. your accent in. Oh, Ye yeah. can live without yon turkey leg. I cannot go vegan forthwith. See, that would have made sense. It's like the Renaissance Festival. There you go. That's what it is. Bring out your dead. That is the message that animal rights organizations PETA placed on a billboard near the Ohio Renaissance Festival fairgrounds. It's the 30th anniversary of the Renaissance Festival, known for a medieval marketplace, dueling swordsmen, fire jugglers, drinks, food, and... Yes, turkey legs. Oh, yeah. Saving animals and protecting the earth and your arteries is as easy as forsaking ye old turkey leg in favor of tasty fare such as falafel, hummus, and corn on the cob, Peter President Ingrid Newkirk said in a news release. I got so close to bringing in the, uh, the Impossible Burger from uh, Burger King for y'all. Since uh, we could try that. Don't, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, where is it? I didn't bring it. Well, apparently you didn't. Ye didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But a turkey leg, there's nothing better than walking around the festival. Have you ever been to one of those? To a Renaissance festival? I'm sure TJ has. He he doesn't remember it. (laughs) He was, he was, I'm sure was a faithful attender before he got married mm-hmm. 17 to 22 i could <laughs> see you worked. yeah but i don't remember it. <laughs> long hair turkey leg in hand there's some crazy people there man you would they that is their time of the year i don't think they get out other than so that. speaking of crazy uh <laughs> we were talking with uh uh honorable alan mcgraw here about his trip his daughter's uh, dream trip. One of her things on her list when she graduated from college was to go to base camp at Everest. And um, I think we were just basically visiting tea houses on our way up at this point. No showers. Uh, and the other thing that's really difficult for me in reading about that particular trip is that a lot of times people go up, they'll go up a couple thousand feet. And then turn around and come back down. And it's just acclimating your body. you got to do it. But, oh, my God, anytime I take any ground, I hate giving it back up and having to go back there again. Yeah, that was a that was the mental struggle when you make it so far and like, okay, time to go back down now, um, knowing you had to do that all over the next day. But, it, but again, it was necessary. Yeah. Uh, we, we never had any altitude issues until the, the – morning that we woke up in base camp Paige had a, a headache like a bowling ball pounding in her head right which is one of the signs that's the, that's the only thing we ever had an issue with and we were going we were leaving to go back down that morning anyway so as we went further and further down she 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 was fine uh, but it's it can get pretty some there's some serious things that can happen when you get up at that altitude yeah your brain swells up there's yeah yeah it's all sorts of stuff so there's that's why they're so careful about it uh, as you go up. Uh, to make sure you don't have those kind of issues. Well, now, now that this year, I, I hear they're implementing some new because of all the problems they had this year with all the deaths and so many people just going up. That they're limiting permits now, and, and one of the things they're saying you have to do is you have to go up one of the peaks next to it, 
one of the 20,000, 22,000 foot ones. You got it. There's some things you have to do before you can do that. A prerequisite for a prerequisite. Oh, wow. Yeah. So because they were getting so many people up there, they were having problems and. Yeah, so so they had, they had a lot of deaths this year, and it was it was really kind of fascinating when we got back, uh, having just been there, uh, just to to follow what was going on. Because when we got there, uh, the expeditions were just starting to show up in camp. Most of the people that were in base camp, base camp by the way is huge. It's not like a little a few tents here and there. I mean, it'll take you literally an hour to walk across it. And um, so people, the people that were there were people setting up. Well, the expedition that we stayed with, which was four climbers uh, and then all their people, they had just shown up in camp the day before. So what was interesting, they had done everything that we had done to get to base camp. We were exhausted and ready to go home. They had six weeks to go oh, mm-hmm. staying there. And so they had to go six out. Six weeks They had to, to go, go out and, and climb lesser peaks, and they had to acclimate. And then there's four wow. camps actually on Everest. That's and you, right. You go up to one, you come back down. You, later you come back, and then you go to two, come back to one, then back down. And it's just amazing what all you have to, to go through. But there's, there's supposed to be this kind of a gentleman's agreement among the different expeditions that everybody doesn't go to the top at the same time but this year the weather was so bad there was a really small window of opportunity to go to the top so they all kind of tried to do it at the same time and then you you add to it that nepal had issued like 370 something permits this year which is more than they'd ever issued and so you probably saw some of the pictures of the traffic jam (laughs) trying to get up everest in a super dangerous situation because once you get up to that altitude you're if if you don't have oxygen your body is literally eating itself up. And so these people are stuck in line. You got people going up and coming down in the same line, and it's just a disaster waiting to happen. Right, like, people it, running out of oxygen. Excuse and, me, excuse me. Excuse and people me. stealing yeah. oxygen yeah. bottles that are stationed along the trail, and yeah. it, was, it was just a huge mess, wow. so they really had to take a look at it. But you got to wow. remember, too, that for this poor, 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 poor country – this is one of the only ways that they – this is one of their gener- income streams, you know, is just this money coming in. So well, they can't uh, not do it. Right. So they're selling the, the – the, the perm- not selling, but the permits are 10000 bucks a piece from Nepal. And they had 370-something of them. That, that amount of money for us is a rounding error on the national debt of one day. But for them, yeah. <laughs> that's a significant amount of revenue. But – I promise you they could double the cost of that permit and cut the permits in half so keep the revenue the same and they wouldn't have any problem with it. Because a lot, some of those expeditions, the people are paying over $100,000 oh, yeah. to go do it. And so another $10,000 on top of that to have a greater percentage of living, they're probably they're probably going to do it. So they really need to cut back on the number of permits that they're issuing. They can keep their revenue the same. You know, and, and not affect the the government, but they need to do something about that. Well, well now the politician coming out there, baby. Uh, yeah. and Vote so Alan McGraw for Nepal president. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that uh, that I know they have is they have different people that uh, clean up and and do that, and you know the human parts and pieces to all that stuff i want to touch on some of that as well hey when we come back on the flip side we also have your armed citizen report it's that blissful time of year yet again time for the honda summer spectacular event where well qualified buyers have 1.9 percent apr 
on the 2019 Honda Pilot at KellyBlueBooksKBB.com Best Buy. Hurry into your local Honda dealer. Shop your Central Texas Honda dealers today or online at CentralTexasHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details. For more information, visit KellyBlueBooksKBB.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Books Company Incorporated. All right, coming up next is your Armed Citizen Report more, all on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network. Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here live, or 24 7, 365 at TheOutdoorZone.com. I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun, fixed me some coffee and a honey bun, jumped in the pickup. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Thank you, regulators, for tuning in. Uh, archery country. Uh, if you would like to get more information on those incredible slick trick broadheads, just go to Archery Country. They have them right there. They can tell you all about how to go on a ram slam with one broadhead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, staff and owners at Archery Country aren't just part-time shooters, as you can hear. They're avid bow hunters and 3D shooters that hunt and compete. If you're looking for something for your kids, Archery is an incredible option. Find all the gear, targets, arrows, and accessories you need on-site and available for professional installation every day. Archery Country is Austin's only full-size range. Get all the information on uh, everything you need, Archery. At Archery Country, uh, 8121 Research Boulevard. Go to AustinArcheryCountry.com, AustinArcheryCountry.com for details. They also carry all the Matthews Elite and Hoyt gear that you might need. Now it's time for our Armed Citizen Report. Today, legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation. These acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth. This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. Okay, uh, tons of uh, news reports on uh, legal uh, armed citizens protecting their families, but I just thought I would touch on a few of the new laws that were passed Measures taken uh, effect September 1st today. Today. From our Texas legislatures. They passed 10 of them. I'm going to just hit on a couple of them. House Bill 121 provides a legal defense for license to carry holders who unknowingly enter establishments posted with 30 out 6 or 30 out 7 signs as long as they promptly leave when verbally informed of the policy. No stupid lawsuits. I don't. Or- I don't there's a used bookstore that's very popular in this town. It still has their 30-06, 30-07. Most people took down the 30-07. open carry. And yeah. so, um, but they still have them up. I got to the door and I thought, oh, wait. And I looked, they had both of <laughs> them up and I just turned around and left. I'm not going in a place that does that, not knowingly go in a place that does that. So, yeah, but I think that's good. They, they, they tell you, that. hey, yeah, you know, uh, how they're going to know, I don't know, but House Bill 1177 protects citizens from being charged with the crime for carrying a handgun without a license 
to carry while evacuating from an area during a declared state or local disaster or while returning to that area. That's good because, you know, after the hurricane and all that Going stuff, they saw a lot of confusion in that whole thing, fires and looting. And, uh-huh. and, you know, they opened that up for Florida. They said, hey, there's a pending disaster about to happen, we think, oh, with the hurricane. That's good. And they said, we're going we're gonna to open that up and give, that, give you the ability to do this. House Bill 3231 improves and modernized Texas firearm preemption law, specifically with regard to zoning authority that could, be otherwise, that could be otherwise be used by cities and counties to circumvent state law and regulate the sale or transfer of firearms and ammunition at the local level. So that's kind of in response to the stuff they're trying to do in New York and, and uh, some of those places where the cities and, – and we have a mayor here – who has gone wacky and and some other places uh, where they're trying to circumvent state law with city ordinances mm-hmm. and uh, yeah me that you mean that loophole in Austin gone. where about the courthouse we probably ought to talk to Ellen about that but Senate Bill five three five strikes churches synagogues or other places of worship from the prohibited local locations list in the penal code clarifying that these places have the same right enjoyed by most other controllers of private property in the state to decide whether to allow LTC holders on premises finally, you might want finally you might want to look into um, what the news the law if new laws are if you're a, uh, a firearm enthusiast or a personal carry uh person well and uh i mean just carrying on with laws not necessarily arms armed citizen laws but other laws that you need to be pay attention to as boaters go out today we talked about it brushed on it in the past but that's right you must wear the driver of the boat must wear their kill switch if you're on a boat 25 foot yep or shorter um, so that's going to be a your, hard habit man, to get into, man. All your wakeboarders <laughs> out there, like cruising and their wakeboard hey, boats, and where are you going to clip? I mean, how's that going to look cool? You know, an ankle bracelet. It's not going to look cool anymore. I'll tell you what is cool. Austin's hottest new restaurant, Shore Raw Bar and Grill. Our f- amazing friends at Shore Raw are serving regional cuisine, combining flavors from Texas, Louisiana. And Mexico. They have a fantastic pet-friendly patio that's going to just get better and better as the fall comes on. Um, open for lunch and dinner every day and a killer brunch on Saturday and Sundays. Don't miss their fabulous desserts, their spiced chocolate cake, key lime, tres leches, summer cheesecake, and house-made ice creams and sorbets. What an incredible place uh, Rick Wahlberg and Jim Snyder have built over there. Uh, located at Highway 71 West at Covered Bridge, just west of the Y and Oak Hill, the Shore Raw Bar and Grill. Go to ShoreATX.com for details. ShoreATX.com for details. Go get you some. My father-in-law sending me reports. I told him, give me a dove report, and he sends me a picture of a perch he just caught. Big catch of the day. Yeah. Apparently, the bird hunting's off a little bit this morning. Yeah, it's probably an evening hunt. It's yeah. probably an evening. Well, he hunt. said he heard shots all around. So if they didn't shoot, then that means that my the farm is going to be a sanctuary. Yeah. So they're going to come there. They're going to be like, oh, that's the only place. So he was safe. being nice to us, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was to, like, yeah. Hey, I'll just leave the it's birds. It's going to be incredible. For... Hey, so, uh, back on the back on the laws, they they uh, opened it up so that there can't be any. Uh, words in the lease 
you know, like uh, if you lease a home or lease an apartment or something. Right. That's what I was, Yeah. So, I so, mean, that was a big deal to me. Uh, and and homeowners associations can't saying can't say we ban firearms, you know, from the HOA. And it's all such common sense stuff, but I guess if you got to, you got to put it on paper. I guess. I guess. Oh, dang, lawyers and judges <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff. What are you doing? Yeah, you know those. Anyway, people. we have the honorable judge uh, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Alan, we were talking about uh, Everest, and I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. You've been on so many great trips this year, uh, hunting trips and stuff. But I did want to wrap up our talk about everest and just how did you did you find that um that the the state takes good care of cleaning up do people are people respectful with that kind of stuff is it you know human feces and trash and i mean all that stuff gets carried up there what happens well since my understanding is the bigger problem was actually going up everest it's not base camp we were we were pretty pleased base camp was um not bad pretty good shape now it, it had snowed while we were going up there so it may have all been covered up in snow and we just <laughs> didn't see it i don't know but but base camp was not bad but they've been making a real concerted effort to clean up the mountain mm-hmm. um, yep. and you're supposed to bring down more than you take up and there's all sorts of things that they're trying to do and they're actually sending expeditions up just to bring down trash mm-hmm. so they're doing a they're 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 doing what they need to do to try to uh, keep it clean um but you know, along the way, the the the, uh, the trail along the way, it, there was trash cans along the way, and you know things looked pretty nice. We didn't, it it, it was it was it was not bad. We just got to wonder with base camp being that big, they have septic tanks or porta potties or what barrels, barrels, and they haul the barrels down at the end. You just don't roll them. Don't okay. roll them. But no, that, but that's what they basically dig a hole and put a barrel in it. You just wow. drill a small hole in the very bottom of it. Yeah, <laughs> and it go very slow, drip, like drip, a turkey feeder. Drip. That's right. <laughs> like like a jet airplane. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I mean I I guess not I a meteorite. That's kind of frozen that's a space too, right? Peanut. Oh, uh, I thought I thought that uh, it would be. I I didn't realize how much traffic it actually gets how many people are up and down and i mean that it's a thing i mean i guess i watched the old black and white videos of the one guy you know uh the old film of one guy attempting to climb it or whatever and i thought that that's without oxygen yeah well the the real the real traffic is in that in the trail to base camp which is, is about it's about 40 miles um and you wouldn't believe English was probably we heard we heard English, but we heard a lot more languages probably more than English. I mean, people come wow. from all over the world to do it because it, that's yeah. that's a thing because it's affordable. Yeah, uh, you don't even have to have a guide to do it. Uh, we'd run into people that were just doing it, you right. know. Um, but do it's you, God, now to, that I could put that. Do you have on to have a list. license for that? Do you have to get anything? The only or? thing you had to have is along the way, like if you, when you go into to um, some of the villages as you leave you've got to get a little permit to go on to the next one and then when you go into Sagarmatha National Park which Sagarmatha is what their name their name for Everest it's kind of mm. like the whole McKinley Denali yes. debate well they call it locals call it Sagarmatha so it's actually a big national park and you've got to get but, mm. but you can stop there and get it as you're as you're going in um or is is um some guy sitting at a table US is are US dollars used 
do you use or did you have to get all your money switched over to both um as you go further up they prefer not to have dollars because there's really nowhere to exchange it but like down below and giving tips to guides and stuff giving that in dollars uh was fine but they'll they'll take it uh just but as you go further up they prefer the local currency and off the top of my head i can't remember the name of it but um, so did you tip them every day, or is it at the end? At or? the end. So we had okay. we had a guide and two porters. So that's the answer. So this is just so you know. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Sherpa earlier. I always assumed Sherpa was just the name for somebody who carries stuff, but it's, it's not. It's actually it's a, I don't know if it's a race of people, but there's actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Sherpa is a real, you know, thing. culture and, of people. Yeah, and everybody, and so all those other people carrying stuff are just porters. They're not Sherpas, they're just porters. Yeah, the Sherp yeah, in this in this book he's talking about in Blind Descent, um, Brian's talking about how specialized and you know, guys that are like, you know, five summits and you know oh, we met a guy that's nineteen summits. Let's see that yeah. nineteen. 19. That's crazy. Oh. It got in his blood and can't help it. Hey, we'll wrap this whole thing up. You've been listening to the number one outdoor radio show in texas and we thank you for that on the opening day of dove season some of you guys are done we're heading out right after this to uh to the farm to go blam 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 yeah at least look at uh, look for one uh hey thank you for hanging out with us in the bunkhouse you'll get one more segment of us on the flip side it's the number one outdoor radio show in texas it's the outdoor zone catch us 24 7 365 at the outdoorzone.com American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Granny. Hey, Mom, I'm on the radio right now, so I'll call you back. I can take it for you. Now Maxwell Supercenter, bigger savings, more inventory, and thousands off new Ram trucks. Deep discounts on everything in their inventory. The 2019 Motor Trend Truck of the Year is the Ram 1500. It has better performance, more efficiency, more technology, 100 safety features. And if you like to travel or spend the day at the ranch, this truck is perfect for you. It can tow more than 12,500 pounds. And if that wasn't enough, you still have Nile Maxwell's personal promise, the same promise he's been making for 30 years, to beat any competitor's price in Central Texas. Uh, super, super center size selection and savings at the number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram sales leader in Central Texas, Nile Maxwell Supercenter, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit them online at Did You so, get your duck stamp in? I did. Good. I got yeah. mine like yesterday or something. Yeah. 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 All right. Federally well, delivered. Can't remember the last time I shot a duck, but legally. <laughs> hey, but you got invited. Ducks Unlimited invited you two guys to a duck hunt. I've sent you guys that stuff. You need to tell. Yeah, we'll look at that. We'll look at that for sure. Hey, so Alan McGraw is in the house and. We could talk about the favorite ways he, uh, you know, likes to barbecue, um, you know, dove. (laughs) 
So, yes, we uh, we just finished talking about uh, the trip up to base camp. It is a deal. It is doable. Um, and it's, it's piqued in interest to me now. But I don't know if I could go to base camp and not just want to go to the top. That, to go was, to the top. that was my thing was, do you look at the top? Can you see the top? No. This is the most amazing thing about the whole deal is you think you're going to get up there and you're going to see this big, beautiful Everest and everything about it. You can't see Everest from base camp. <laughs> what? When you're hiking in wow. and hiking out, you catch a little tip of it. Yeah. And that's basically all you ever see of Everest on the whole trip. There's a, there's a few places along the way where like, okay, here's your first view of Everest. And you, you walk up and you think it's going to be like Pike's Peak standing out in the distance mm-hmm. and all this majesty. And it's not. And the reason is it's surrounded by so many other gigantic mountains Gotcha. That, that you don't know the name of, I don't know the name of, yeah. but they're almost as equally as impressive as Everest, and they surround it, but since they're not the tallest, you just don't know anything about them. Yeah, now, there's the like who, two and three, t- t- second and third, four tallest yeah. mountains in the world are all in that they're all so right Himalayan like, range. So the people that are climbing, that climb, they know what they are, but for the the average people like us, You've never heard of it. Well, and, and what if like Everest, the tip of it just kind of broke off or something, and one of the other ones <laughs> oh became gosh. the it mountain? Would. It probably would. It'd well, be right with there. All the, with all the people going up and down, it, it's probably getting taller. <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> they're building, <laughs> they're building it up. Uh, so it's opening day of Dove Steve. Thank you, Alan. Yes. Uh, man, what yeah. an incredible. We live inspiring. We actually. live yeah. vicariously through a lot of your adventures, and and I, I can tell you that. One of the things that inspires me the most is that you do uh, want to do this stuff. You do a lot of it now. Your kids are out of the house, so Kathy, your wife, goes with you on some of these, or a lot of these, actually, and that's yep. a beautiful thing. Yeah, as long as, long as there's nice accommodations to come back to. I know that. Yeah. I know that. So, but this takes a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work. You have to prepare for it, exercise for it, and... Uh, but we're just thank you for coming in and sharing that. And I hope that inspires others to uh, do uh, do things. Thank you. Thanks and for hey, in. if you want to hear more of those stories, go to Archery Country and track him down at yeah, Archery Country. Yeah, be hanging out in the bow shop telling Everest and and uh, sheep hunting stories. <laughs> hey, before before I do the quote, I want to tell you my new recipe is going to be dove nuggets. We're going to oh. deep fry dove. Cut them up Why a little bit. Why don't you shoot a dove first so you got something to try oh, it with first? Oh, man. It's it's like shots fired. Shots fired. Threw down the gauntlet you right got a, there. You got a couple more seasons left uh, before you can have enough to cook. Oh, my. <laughs> go. All right. Quote of the week. Without hunting, there would be no conservation. Without conservation, there would be no wildlife. Can I back that up with another one that I thought was really good? Some people ask why men go hunting. They must be the kind of people who seldom get far from the highways. Psalm 25, 4 through 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truths and teach me for you, God, my Savior. And my hope is all in you all day long. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. Same place, same time next week. I'm going to the dove field. Adios. All right, hey folks, we want to encourage you. Get a kid this week. Get them off the couch. Take them for a walk in the park. Show them the birds. Show them the trees. Take them hunting. Take them fishing. We don't care what it is, as long as you get them involved in the great outdoor zone. 
Hey, uh, we're headed to church in the Dub Field, and want to encourage you, gentlemen, get uh, get your family, rally them up, and find a good Bible-based church in your community somewhere, uh, and get your family and head out to church, and then go have a good brunch somewhere. If you want to start a hunting and fishing ministry in your church. You can do that. Go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. We'll train the men in your church to use hunting and fishing as an outreach tool for the boys in your community. Or if you have a boy who does not have a father or a male role model in his life, look up Kids Outdoor Zone. We have groups all around Central Texas, all around the country, all around in Canada. So go to kidsoutdoorzone.com for more details on that. Road Rash, thank you very much. You're the man from Cody Ryan Beefsteak and Alan McGraw. Thank you, sir, for coming in. Thank you for all that you do for the uh, kids in the outdoors and the outdoor industry in itself. God bless you, brother. All right, I think that's it for us. Regulators, let's mount up. Shoot him with my old 45 Cause the country boy can survive Country folks can survive Skin a butt and run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive.